It is Bronze and Modern Gods. I'm John, and that guy right there is Richard. Hello, Richard. Hey, John. How you doing today? I'm doing good. We have some stuff for you guys today. It's our underrated Silver Age comics part deal. Because <laughs> we've done this before, and you guys liked it so much that we picked out some more for you. We've got the 25-year rule that'll hook you. You'll see what I mean later. Our underrated books of the week, our normal ones, but we're going to start things off like we always do with our hot book of the week. Richard Brown, I thought of you immediately when I saw this book. <laughs> it is Gun Honey, number one, the Adam Hughes variant. Richard? Yes, this is... This is uh... This is something that's right up my alley. <laughs> I saw this. I know you love Adam Hughes. I know you love good girl art. And I was like, wow, uh, I'm going to pick a couple up, you know, for myself. And then I took a look and I didn't realize it. this book is in Fuego. Uh, the regular copy is already going for $11. It came out Wednesday. The Virgin variant is selling for up to $80. It's foil too. So you can't, can't miss with a foil Virgin variant. There is already not a second printing, but a third printing that has been announced. And this has been severely underordered, apparently, and it is in demand. Even Tinkerballs is excited. <laughs> yeah, this is this this is, you know, uh, every now and then one of these variant covers really hits hits the right nerve. I mean, this one is it's got the right attributes. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not surprised that it's that it's uh, it's hot. The question is, is this going to be something that maintains its its uh, velocity or is it just going to become, you know, just another, you know, just another book that uh, sells for a little bit over cover? I, you know, Adam Hughes covers hold their value. Your your favorite Supergirl cover. Yeah. Um, you've got all sorts of Adam Hughes covers, even Lady Zorro from Topps Comics from the 90s. That still sells at a premium. So this guy's got a good track record. And I think the fact that this came out from Titan Books in the UK, I think uh -huh. a lot of people just overlooked it. I, I bet you are you're in the Midwest. I bet you none of your LCSs order this. I'm, I'm, I'm you're probably right. Uh, yeah, Adam Hughes covers, you know, especially his good girl art covers have a history of going for good money. Um, right now there is that, that pop kill number four cover that was available as a Kickstarter uh, reward. That is just incredible. Uh, it's a great looking cover. And if you, if you happen to come across one, don't pass it up. Yeah, for sure. Are you getting any from eBay? Are you getting the Virgin variant or anything? I will probably get the Virgin uh, variant to add to my GGA collection. Um, and that's just because I, you know, it's just a great cover. I, I don't blame you at all. Uh, by the way, if you haven't followed us on Facebook and Instagram, why not at Bronze and Modern Gods? And if you are watching this on YouTube, you are enjoying the cuteness of <laughs> Richard's kitty that is just going insane, wanting to play right now. If you're listening on a podcast, it's worth going to YouTube right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here. Oh, look at it. <laughs> it. I keep calling it. It's Tinker Balls. All right, let's move on, Tinker Balls. What do you say, kid, to yep. our main topic, our most underrated Silver Age comics part two? We did this before. You guys liked it. We're going through all the ages of comics, and now we're going to round about to the Silver Age again. We've got six of them for you. And Richard, why don't you start us off? Yeah, my first choice is it's 
it's a, a stretch to call it underrated. It's X-Men number 49, the first appearance of Polaris. I'm calling this underrated because it's actually overshadowed by the next book in the series, X-Men number 50, which has Polaris on the cover and, and that gorgeous green Starenko uh, art. That is easily one of my favorite uh, early X-Men books. So this this book, I think, um, while it's, it still has a, a, a high value, I think people, I know for me, for example, when I went around, we, I went to a convention today and um, asked about to 49 and 50. Some people had 49s, but nobody had 50 yeah. um, because of the demand for this particular cover recently. Uh, both books are, are, are valued roughly the same. A 50 has a little bit of a, of a bump in some of the lower grades. Um, uh, an 8.0, for example, a 49 is $704, but the 50 is 819 So it's a little bit of a bump. Uh, there's a 9.8, 49 for $36,000. There, oh. there has not hey. been a recent 9.8 sale for the 50. Uh, only $36,000. Only 36. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So this, this, this is by no means, um, a inexpensive book, but I think it is undervalued from the standpoint that 50 draws all the attention for Polaris. And that's a second appearance. You know, you would think the first appearance of Polaris would have a greater sway. But, you know, we talked about Good Girl Art, uh, you know, uh, earlier. This is an example of that art really drawing people's attention. It's amazing. It's a great pick. And, you know, Polaris kind of under the radar now as a character, but a big part of X Factor for years and years. Uh, there's always something going on with that character. I don't think she ever got her day. You know, there's never a Polaris miniseries, I don't think. <laughs> no, right. I don't think so either. Yeah. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen with her. All right. My first pick is a DC book. It is Star Spangled War Stories, number 84. Huh? What an American sounding title. I know, right? This <laughs> is the first appearance of a character called Mademoiselle Marie. She was a leader in the French Resistance during World War II. These are her stories. She took over the uh, lead spot uh, in this uh, anthology title. The first female lead character in a war comic. Now, I write that down, and then I think to myself, has there been one since? I don't think so. I think... I can't think of a female lead character in a war comic besides Mademoiselle Marie. Uh, Tell nope. me in the comments if I'm wrong. Captain uh, Carter, maybe? Peggy Carter? Yeah. War comic? Uh, does she have her own comic? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. She's well, definitely a male-oriented hobby. So. For sure. For sure. <laughs> uh, which, was, which makes that issue even uh, crazier that they, they took a chance on that in 1959. Uh -huh. uh, incredibly scarce uh, and very tough in grade. Not only is it hard to find, period, uh, but you can't find it in decent shape. Uh, the highest sale in recent years is for a 7.5, and it sold for uh, $1,560 in September of last year. There are only 79 copies in total on the census, and the highest is a 9.0. And this copy I have here is, I don't know, I'm going to give it a three, a 3.0. No uh -huh. more than that. It's pretty, it's pretty beat, but I love it. I love that book. My next one is uh, Astonishing Tales number one from 1970. This is the first Doom solo series. Uh, Astonishing Tales is interesting. And it's, you know, it's um, 
Marvel had uh, a book with two stories in it. In this case, the cover is divided between Kazar, who is featured in one story, and Doom, who is featured in the other. Um, so the cover, the cover kind of has a split personality to it. Mm -hmm. um, this book is easy to find in lower grades. Um, I was just doing a search on eBay for it. There are a bunch of books around $20. Um, it gets tougher when you get to the higher grades. Out of uh, the census, there are eight, 9.8s out of 385 books graded. The last sale of a 9.8 was in 2017 for $699. The last 9.6 sale was 605 So if you're like me and are obsessed with Doom and want, want to have a full Doom collection, collection of his appearances, this is a really good book um, because it's a start of a series. There's some other really great covers in this series uh, that are Doom focused. So definitely to keep an eye out for this one. And uh, the art in issue one, uh, Wally Wood does the Dr. Doom story. Uh, and I think it's issue six where he fights the Black Panther for the first time. So that may be one to watch out for, too. My next book is Thor number 126. This is the first issue of Thor. What do you mean, John? Well, it was Journey into Mystery before it was Thor. Thor started issue 83 of Journey into Mystery, as we all know. As of issue 126, they said, why are we still calling this book Journey into Mystery? And they took that off the cover. And from then on, it was Thor. So this should be up there with books like Captain America 100, which right. was tales of suspense previously or hulk 102 which was tales to astonish or dr strange 169 which was strange tales but for some reason thor 126 doesn't get that same first issue kind of love that those do people do seem to be catching on though as 9.0s are seeing an increase in the last couple of years from seven hundred and two dollars in 2019 to one thousand one hundred ninety five dollars in june of this year plus Hercules. <laughs> yep. Hercules. Uh, this is a classic cover. It's it been homaged, I don't know, countless times. Uh, most notably, Walt Simonson and Thor 338, where Beta Ray Bill is swapped in for Herc. Uh, and I don't know. I just never see people talking about that book or getting excited about that book. But you know what? I, I saw that book on a number of walls uh, today at, at the wow. convention. So it's definitely out there. People, people uh, you know, People are looking for it and people are selling it. Um, so maybe we'll, we're going to see a, an increase in the uh, the value of the book you know, uh, as it goes along. That would be good. I would love to see that. All right. What's your next one? My next one is uh, this is this is more of a kind of a bolo. Be on the lookout for this is Submariner number eight from 1968. <laughs> this is anyone who's seen this cover automatically knows it. It is a classic battle between Namor the Submariner, and The Thing from Fantastic Four. It is an iconic cover by John Buscema, and it is like some whoever designed this cover, I'm assuming John did, um, must hate people collecting it because it is a all-black cover, all black, the entire thing, edge to edge, with the two figures uh, within uh, this inky blackness <laughs> that is the cover. This book is hard to find in high grade, and I, I think there are opportunities out there to find books that 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 are higher grade than are out there. 
this this series suffers from number one itis. Okay, yeah. Submariner number one has the real value, um, so people gravitate to that. Submariner number five, first Tiger Shark, also has value. Some people will pick up that book, but a lot of people will buy a, a set of these book books, and then for you know because they covet number one. So they'll either add number one to their collection or they'll sell number one for, you know, for a profit. And then they're stuck with the rest of this set. You know, potentially there's 72 books in this particular run. Um, but, you know, so, so you may find in long boxes people, who, you know, they've sold number one, they sold number five, and they have all these other books in there. And they're not really looking at the value of those books. And you may be able to, to eke out uh, a, a high-grade book, a 9.6, a 9.8, uh, of this, and if you can, you can turn, let's say, a thirty-dollar investment into this is some serious money. Uh, this book, for example, um, a nine-point-four on the GPA is fifteen hundred dollars. There are no recent nine-point-six or nine-eight sales. Uh, there are only six nine-point-eights on the census out of five hundred and forty-six total. So this book is really, really tough to again to come in those those high grades. But I'm I'm convinced that there are books out there that have not been graded. That, that have not been discovered yet that are sitting there sleeping in, in somebody's run of Submariner that have a potential of being one of these higher graded books. Did you run across any today at the convention? Did, did not, did not. I have one. I have a high grade book um, that is potentially nine, four grader. Uh, I have been sitting on it. I got this from my, from my, my buddy, uh, Gary. Hi Gary yeah. for watching. I actually bought this, just like I was talking about, I bought a one through 10 off of him. Uh, as a set, because I was targeting that number one, and I, I got that number one uh, graded, and uh, end up uh, ending up selling it. But I have all the rest of the run that he they had provided, and they're all really good, good quality books. So I'm looking at those, looking at that, looking at that uh, eight to determine. You know, it's definitely worth grading. Yeah. Um, it's just you know, yeah, I have a, I have other books that may have a higher priority in terms of uh, the grading process. But yeah, I think there's there's some serious potential with that book. Well, you know, it, it it's real close to the same time that John Buscema did that classic Hulk versus Thing cover in Fantastic Four, which also has a very tough black background. That's right, John. Don't be a one trick pony, my friend. <laughs> uh, it's effective though; it must have sold well on the newsstand. And uh, I want to also remind you, Richard, and everyone else, when you're going through those Submariner uh, bins. Don't forget about the first appearance of Stingray. Uh, I would not be surprised. That you're, you're looking at me puzzled. Uh -huh. Stingray was uh, one of those B-level characters all throughout the Bronze Age. You probably don't remember. He had the big red wings underwater, and he had like mm -hmm. a big red arrow pointing down on his mask. If there, if Submariner, if Namor becomes a tentpole in the MCU, Stingray is going to appear. And it's just such a cool design that I cannot see it not appearing someday. Uh -huh. So just, just find a stingray and put it away. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. All right. My last one is a John book uh, through and through. <laughs> and it is Kid Cult Outlaw number 107. Just look at this crazy, insane Jack Kirby cover. You have Cowboys versus Aliens well before it hit your screen in the 1990s. Um, unfortunately, no Kirby art inside, so it's a bit of a cheat. Uh, no spoilers. It is indeed a real alien and a real spaceship in the story inside. It's not a fake like the Two-Gun Kid 
uh, monster cover where there's a giant monster, but it's actually somebody with a tarp and you know, no, no, no <laughs> fake out like that. This book is sought after by Marvel Western collectors like myself and Marvel pre-hero monster collectors mm-hmm. like myself. So <laughs> got a two for here with this book. Uh, tough in grade. There is a 9.0 out there, but the last known sale was way back in 2013 for $1,200. I can only imagine what it would go for today if it came to market. Only 34 on the census, and that 9.0 is the single highest graded. So awesome. you're right. This is totally a John book. Yeah, and there's enough Johns out there uh, that every time this shows up on eBay, it goes a little crazy, even in the lower grades. You'd be shocked at what this book sells for sometimes. So if you have a, an LCS that has a bunch of Marvel Westerns and the guy doesn't give a crap and he puts $5 on them, you might find one, grab it and slab it and sell it or keep it and treasure it like I do and, you know, caress it at night. You may have you had that book maybe for 25 years at this point. I've had so many copies of this book. I've had a slab. I had a 6.5 slab that I sold a few years ago. So this is my replacement copy for that. So I've always had a copy uh, in my holster. How's that? You totally missed my I'm attempting to help you segue. Oh, say it again. (laughs) I said, potentially, have you had this book in your collection for maybe 25 years? Yes, it's time for the 25-year rule. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I'm sick. Uh, I I need a a little push. I need a little juice. I need a little goop. Uh, just a little, just a little bit. Those times. All right, Richard, another one you need to add to your collection. I'm, I'm finding all sorts of books for you this episode. Mm-hmm. This is the first appearance of a major player in the Marvel Universe. Billy the Marlin, number one. <laughs> yes, to celebrate the end of baseball season. Here is Billy the Marlin, the mascot for the Florida Marlins, now the Miami Marlins. Teaming up with Spider-Man in his own comic book. Together, Billy and Spidey fight Dr. Doom. He's on the cover, Richard. I think you have to buy it. (laughs) Dr. Doom with his master plan to steal Marlin players to play on his own Latvian baseball team. Why is Dr. Doom going after Florida Marlin players? They suck. (laughs) Oh, wow. This is a perfect storm of terrible. Yeah. Quite possibly the worst team in Major League Baseball at the time. Now, to be fair, they came back and stole the World Series away from your precious Cleveland Indians years later. But this is when they blew. Uh, This was a giveaway from, guess it, you guessed it, the Florida Marlins. So it is indeed tough to find unless you live in, you guessed it, Florida. There have been a few recent eBay sales from around $45 or $50. A bargain for the discerning Dr. Doom fan. Richard, are you going to grab this for your Dr. Doom? No. <laughs> there is a limit to what I will buy. You're not? I'm shocked that your Dr. Doom collection will have a blank space. It will have a hole in it. Yes, it will. A Billy the Marlin spaced hole in your collection. But if you love crappy baseball teams, you love Spider-Man, and you love Dr. Doom, Billy the Marlin, number one, is the book for you.
that Venn diagram is a really small set of people. It's enough to make it sell for 50 bucks. You people are nuts. Uh, would you rather have a secret rare Fantastic Four number one or a Billy the Marlin number one? Oh, that one's not even a, not even a choice. <laughs> a coverless Billy the Marlin number one. All right. All right. It's time to move on to our underrated books of the week. Richard, what do you have? Yeah, this uh, this week I picked uh, a favorite of mine. I, I often uh, harp on Chris Claremont and his X Men run because one, I think it is just one of the one of the tent poles for Marvel's success in in the early eighties. And I'm picking X Men number one thirty seven, uh, which is the issue that features the death of Phoenix. Richard, I need to stop you. I need you to define underrated for me. <laughs> uh well this this book i mean uh, uh, what is happening <laughs> go on i'm sorry i'm listening so this this book uh i i feel uh the asking price for this book i think is under what the real true value of this book is okay now, so, i see what you're saying now. Yeah, go ahead this run the dark phoenix saga is um, incredible if you haven't read it I think as a comic book collector, you need to starts at 129 and it ends at 138. The book after this book, which is kind of a denouement where uh, Scott walks away from the X-Men because of the death of, of Jean Grey. But um, I, I really feel this, that story arc, that 10 issue story arc is just uh, an incredible story. And this particular issue features the actual death where um, Jean Grey I'm going to spoil here. Jean Grey basically commits suicide to keep the Phoenix from destroying the rest of the universe, basically. Uh, it features an incredible battle between um, the Shi'ar Empire's Imperial Guard and the X-Men. You know, one of those classic knockdown, drag them out kind of fights. Um, Shi'ar Empire, to me, is also one of my favorite. You know, the MCU is talking about um, being more... Um, uh, space oriented Shi'ar Empire is perfectly suited for that. Uh, so anyway, I, you know, the night, the, the 9.8 for this book is only $529. Um, yeah, when you think that like the first appearance of Kitty pride is, you know, thousands right. of dollars now. Yeah, I do. Okay. I do see what you're saying now. All right. I'm, I'm calm. <laughs> no, I mean, th this is a book that when I see it in cons and you can still find them in cons for $40, mm -hmm. um, I bought a copy for 20 some odd dollars I and mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was still a, a decent copy. It's, it's a part of the entire run. And if they ever bring Phoenix back, you know, Fox tried it and did a horrible job. Uh, but if they, if Marvel decides to do that storyline again and do it right, you know, this this is the, you know, the peak of that storyline, that whole story arc. And to me, and I, I've been doing this in, an, in, in a number of when at conventions and I, on eBay, I am buying up those issues from 129 to 138 when I see them. Some of them more expensive, 129, for example, one, uh, 130s for Stazzlers. You know, they, they're they're a little bit more expensive, expensive. But uh, I think they're still undervalued to what they could be and, and should be in the future. I think people forget because it's been reprinted so many times. So many different things have happened. This is one of the most important stories 
in the Marvel Universe, period. It, it, in, in comics, period. It's up there with The Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, uh, you know, Alan Moore's, I'm naming all Alan Moore and Frank Miller. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, right. it's so important. And it still is referenced to today. It still resonates today. It, it, people point to it as this is what the X-Men used to be. This right. Krakoa, everybody living on an island, whatever. I'm Get out of my face with that. This is the X-Men. And I think you're right. I, you've, you've convinced me. Maybe I'm really malleable. Uh, <laughs> you're open to new ideas. That's true. Thank you. I appreciate. Yeah, that's the way to, that's the way to spin it. But OK, yeah, I have one. Uh, I haven't slabbed it. I need to slap it, I guess. Yeah, same here. I've been, you know, a lot of the books in this run are, are so undervalued. You can buy a slab, a 9.0 or greater for under $200. Yeah. Like, like 133. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. So when I see those slabs, I, I buy them, you know, and I have a collection of them and, um, I, I can't see them ever going down in value. Let's put it not, not now. I think, I think this X-Men run has always been treasured, but in the last three years, it just seems like people have finally realized, oh crap, this is 35, 40 years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. why are these books so cheap? And you know, it will never be equals. Claremont and Byrne was lightning in the bottle. It, right. It will never be repeated, even if they shake hands and, you know, kiss and make up. It just would never be the same. Uh, and it should be celebrated and that the value should reflect that. So, yep, you got me. All right. Let me move on to my lame underrated books of the week. <laughs> These are the Marvel Legacy Nodlenticular Second Prince. Now, what am I talking about? Five years ago, 2017. Marvel had their big legacy relaunch where they tried to get old people like me and Richard back into the books by restarting the numbering from where they left off originally, bringing back the original characters, etc. And retailers were allowed to order these special lenticular covers of each one of these legacy relaunch books, but they had to order a certain number of non-lenticular covers first. Now, this backwards uh, requirement really angered a lot of retailers but they sucked it up and they, in order to get those lenticular covers and to qualify, they ordered the non-lenticular first prints. Well, because of that, several of these titles sold well enough to go into second printings. So to be smart, did Marvel make the second printings lenticular? Nope. They were not lenticular second prints. So let me say that again. So it's clear. They were second prints of the non-lenticular version of the cover. As a result, no one ordered these second prints. They're super low print runs. They're very hard to find. They're very scarce. Okay. Some examples include, I've got one here. Let me grab it for you. I just happen to have it. Uh, Incredible Hulk, 709. You know, it's a second print and it's, you know, the non-lenticular version. And it says second printing here by the issue number. Uh, Iron Fist, 73. Iceman number six with the awesome champions number one homage cover, which is the greatest cover of all time. <laughs> um, Captain Marvel 125, uh, Captain America 695. I don't have, I wasn't able to find a complete list of the second prints. I Googled the crap out of it. I could not find a definitive listing of these. So I would say go on the hunt for these because these sell on eBay for 10 to $40 when they're listed. And they're listed at the right price. They sell uh -huh. anywhere from 10 to 40 bucks, depending on which one it is. 
I just don't think people know enough about these and how tough they are. Uh, so if you're going through your shop and your LCS has a dollar bin and you get these old second printings of this legacy thing from five years ago, grab them because yeah. there, there may be something in the future. Oh, excellent. Excellent pick. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. Ah, I said it. It's been a while. I, I screwed up. Uh, <laughs> That will do it for the show this week. Uh, if you are not following us at Bronze and Modern Gods, why not do so at Facebook and Instagram? And if you like this video, like it. If you want to subscribe, we love you. We're getting close to 3K. Uh, that will be a big celebration when we hit 3,000 subscribers. We love you guys. Hit the notification bell. Richard, any final thoughts for this week? For this week? No. Everybody stay safe. Bye-bye.